Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Fight Like a Girl. I'm Rav and we have Ella back today. Hey Ella, we missed you. Hi Rav. Hi everyone. Nice to be back. I missed you guys last week. Yeah, did you get to listen to the episode? What did you think of him, Dad? I did. It was amazing. You guys did such a good job. Um, nice to know that uh, my shoes can be so easily filled, Rav. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't say that. He did a great job, but no one's going to take your place. But we're so glad to have you back this week. It's a pretty special episode. Um, as some of you know, I did a little cameo episode on a podcast called Single Minded, which is hosted by Hannah First. So if you guys haven't heard that episode, I would definitely recommend that you go and check it out. It's called The Pressure to Marry and Then My Husband Ghosted Me. So Hannah reached out to me last week to pass on some of the good feedback that she's been getting on the episode. And we got talking about emotional unavailability and the different ways that it can sort of transpire, especially when we're putting ourselves out there in the dating scene. I think we've all experienced some form of emotional unavailability in our lives, whether that's being involved with someone who's emotionally unavailable or if you're struggling with vulnerability yourself. Um, It's a lot to unpack. So on that note, let's get stuck right into the episode. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to Fight Like a Girl. Thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Nice to have a third person on to chat. Sore subject. We'll move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) So when we were chatting the other night, Hannah, you mentioned that you've been on quite the journey when it comes to allowing yourself to be emotionally open to men. Mm. Um, You know, being emotionally unavailable is something that's often used to describe men. So Mm. I found that really interesting. Yep. 
Can you take us back to when you first realized that you might be presenting as emotionally unavailable? Yeah, so I actually had no idea that there was anything, like I had no idea that I was emotionally unavailable. And then I basically in, um, oh, when was it? January 2020, I went to Thailand. I went on my own. And the place that I go in Thailand, it, it attracts a certain type of person. Um, people that are like on spiritual journeys, there to, you know, reset themselves, reset their lives. And, um, I kind of went there thinking this is going to be just about romance and about getting sexy. And, you know, I don't know. I just had this picture in my mind. Anyway, it ended up being the complete opposite. And I met this girl there. Well, I met two girls there and one of them, um, was a life coach and deeply, deeply spiritual and had gone on this whole journey. Um, and so her and I kind of connected. And then I went to see this healer. Um, and I remember I just, she said to me, yeah, she sort of said all this stuff to me about, about uh, romance and about love. And, and um, I just burst into tears. And I remember on New Year's Eve, me and the two girls that I had met, we did this burning ceremony and we wrote down what we wanted to let go of and what we wanted to call into our lives for the next year. So for me, New Year's Eve is all about kissing book, like finding someone to kiss at midnight. But we did this burning (laughs) ceremony and I just, something really shifted in me and I had been super vulnerable with these two girls that I kind of just met, like we all had, there was just magic in the air. And I remember at midnight, the two girls, we were all in separate parts of the beach and all of a sudden they were like, it's almost midnight. And we all just hugged on the beach as we watched the fireworks. Um, and I was like, wow, something, something's happening here. And I ended up, I just, I think I just left that a trip and I just knew something needed to change. I didn't know what it was. And I start, I started therapy a month later, um, in Feb 2020. And I remember my therapist like asking me to name emotions. Like he had this, he knew something that I didn't know. Like I could tell he knew there was something, but I was completely oblivious to it. Anyway, we got to like naming emotions and I had, I was embarrassed. Like I went red in the face. I was like, I, I I had so much, I could name emotions, but I was having a lot of trouble, um, like tapping into how I feel and then explaining to him. So I'd, he, I'd look up and he'd say, stop, you're, you're, you're describing thoughts, not feelings. So I would always oh. be very intellectual about every date I went on and every experience was like sort of a, it was more about how I was thinking, not how I was feeling. And um, that was kind of really like the beginning of the journey was like, oh, I, I had no idea that I wasn't vulnerable and that I was emotionally like closed off. Um, particularly in dating. In that sort of, in that moment in Thailand, it shifted something in you and then that your therapist helped you kind of unpack that and work through that. Is it just being emotionally unavailable with da- in dating or is it across the board with like other relationships like friends and family and that sort of thing? I, it was, I was more open with my family. Um, I was somewhat open with my friends, um, and definitely not really that open with guys. Um, I think when I reflect back on it, when I reflect back on where I am now, I would say no. 
I like, but I was to some degree, like I wasn't completely emotionally like closed off to everyone about everything. But I would say now that I reflect back on it, I was hiding parts of myself um, and not revealing parts of myself. Like that was just for me. And I think, and I think that when you, particularly in like emotional and I'm sorry, in romantic relationships, I think being able to be yourself is so important Mm. and like being able to communicate how you feel is so important. And I had no idea that was a thing. Totally. I don't think anyone actively chooses to be emotionally unavailable, right? Like it's sort of an subconscious thing. I I feel like you don't, you don't know until you know, like you don't know that you're doing it until you know. And look, I think it's a spectrum. There's a spectrum of people that are like, down this like you know down the left that they cannot and will not reveal any and I I there's a guy that I know that I dated he can't like I don't get anything like I don't think he would ever be able to reveal anything like real about himself to me back back when I was dating him and I think that then there's the other end of the spectrum where you've got like full emotional intelligence which is not not where I'm at, but I've met guys like that. I've been on dates with guys like that too. So I probably started like left of the middle and so, but I'm moving more towards that kind of emotional intelligence, I would say, the more I practice and the better I get at it. It seems like you're quite aware of certain things, like when something shifted in you and then obviously there's a lot of hindsight now as well. So Mm. I guess taking hindsight, you know, into perspective here, do you feel like, looking back, was there like a trigger event that sort of caused you to start putting your walls up? I feel like I have gotten to the bottom of it more recently. So I don't know that there was like one event. I think what happened was, so my therapist got me to do this exercise where I like wrote, I tried to like, you know, get to the source of where it all started. Um, and I think it actually started um, the one thing that came to my mind. I was just reading back on it before this interview started was body. Like I had a lot of shame about my body um, growing up. And I think I then those feelings were really, you know, I just felt I was very like a yo-yo up and down. My weight was really up and down. I had like really bad breakouts and had really curly, frizzy hair and all my friends had, like there was just a lot of, I guess, and look, I think a lot of women grow up feeling like that, but I actually didn't share it with anyone. Mm. And I think that's where it started was like feeling really bad about myself and having really bad, like low self-esteem, but never telling anyone about it. And so I would just push those feelings down. And then you, you just get really good at pushing feelings down and not opening up and telling people how you feel. So I do think like, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that might've been the beginning of like the whole, I don't share how I feel because it's too shameful to show us. It, it feels too icky to, to share about it. So I'm just going to like push it down. And so I actually had a very confident exterior, but deep down, I think throughout my early twenties, particularly, um, yeah, I think it was covering up pretty low self-esteem. That's crazy. It's funny that you say that, that you've got a really confident exterior because you sharing that now, I wouldn't have picked that at all, that you would have sort of gone through yeah. that as a child. Yeah, no, I was just like my weight was like a real issue for like and and to some extent I don't think that ever goes away, but um I just would it's because I would never share about it. Like this is probably the first time I'm actually sharing that. <laughs> like publicly um on a podcast. Oh, no, I share I've shared it with friends and with family and stuff, but like I don't think I yeah, I 
And I think this is a really common experience for a lot of women. I wonder though, do the ones that like are able to be emotionally, you know, more vulnerable as they get older, were they able to share that as children or as teenagers? Is it something that they Mm. told their mums about and then they learnt that ability to be vulnerable and to like share their shame? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about as well. And I know um, this emotional, being emotionally unavailable is kind of a term that we often attach to men, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in all those rom-coms and everything like that. It's, you know, it gets bandied around, but as you said, it's actually, you know, quite common for women to be emotionally unavailable, maybe for different reasons. But um, do you, do you, so do you think that women can just be wired that way? And, and as you said, like have past insecurities, everything sort of manifest into you sort of putting walls up and it like, as opposed to there being a trigger, like Rav said before, oftentimes mm. I think people um, assume that a woman has had her heart broken and then she mm. shuts herself down and she's never the same again, you know. Mm. But do you think women can just be sort of wired that way to be emotionally unavailable? I actually think it's more about, I like, the media portrays, firstly the media portrays being emotionally unavailable as, like, sexy, like a man. Mm. Like, we want to change him. Like, we want him to, like, we want to be enough for him to be able to emotionally open up. So I think that's definitely a stereotype that, that Hollywood and the media has perpetuated. But I actually yeah. think true vulnerability and, like, why would Brene Brown be so popular if this wasn't something that was affecting a lot of people? I think that vulnerability is like an issue for a lot of people but interestingly like I think vulnerability is just as hard for women as it is for men that you know haven't practiced it and haven't um, opened themselves up to being more open with people but since I started this journey like I've been so surprised at how many open if you look for them um, how many open and vulnerable men there are like, I guess my theory is that you attract what you'll seek, like you'll attract what you seek. And we always talk about that, like, you know, you're attracting the wrong type of guys. No, you attract what you seek. And I think that mm. I didn't want to be open emotionally. So I was choosing guys that were equally not open so that neither of us had to open up and we could just stay in our blissful, like ignorance. Um, <sighs> and I think that Sorry, I was yep. I was going to ask a question about that because I think I choose a lot of douchebags. So I okay. don't feel like, I mean, obviously maybe I'm still in that journey of becoming emotionally more available, but did you feel like that at the time that you were, that's what you were projecting? I was blamed. I blamed men. I 100% blamed men. I did. I never ever looked at myself and was like, no, you're attracting this because you're seeking it out. I was only attracted to those guys. And it's so weird now because now I'm so, so not attracted to those guys. And I am so attracted to like emotional availability and vulnerability. Like it's just when you like once I shifted out of it, I couldn't go back to I could I, I I've been there. Like I've totally been there. And I yeah, I think I think it's just like wherever you are on your journey, it's like you kind of will seek out people. I don't know, but I don't know if that's for everyone. I just know from from my experience that's where the journey has been. Like when I reflect back, I'm like no, that was me. Like there was a lot to do with me in who I was choosing and who I was attracted to. I loved guys that didn't text me back and now I love guys that text me back straight away. (laughs) (laughs) 
Love that for you. (laughs) When you start going for guys that have like high emotional intelligence, they don't stand you up. They don't ghost you. They treat you well, even if, even if it's not a match, they do it with respect and with kindness. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's been a really interesting experience actually. You said you're more attracted to guys now who are emotionally available. Do you, have you found a shift in the way that those guys look physically or are you finding that the guys that you are physically attracted to, if we were to take everything else out of the equation, are they, are you still going for the same type physically? Oh, this is a hard one. So the last guy that I went on a few dates with was like, oh, so sexy, so hot to look at, but like very, very high, high emotional intelligence and very vulnerable. Um, So he, if I'm going by the last guy I went on a few dates with, yes, but basically deal breaker for me now is walls up and anyone that's like closed off emotionally is like, an absolute no. Um, so I have been dating guys that are not my usual type to look at. Um, have I been attracted to them? Mm, not always, but um, the I am just being very open to like putting my typical dark, tall and handsome aside um, and trying to like look more at what's inside, like what's inside as opposed to what's on the outside. But look, it's hard because you, you, you've had a type for so long. So trying to shift out of that physical, this is what I envision for myself. Um, But I definitely try to be more open-minded now. And I'm glad to hear that you're sort of linking it to um, emotional intelligence because that was one of the questions I had for you. Yeah. Um, Is that, is, is it linked to a high EQ? Because it's, I, I just sort of almost emotion someone being emotionally unavailable I just kind of thought it was like almost a um character trait kind of thing you know I didn't really associate it to someone's emotional intelligence but it's really interesting to hear yeah um, that you do that you do and is that was that from like speaking with um the therapist that you mentioned like did they kind of make that connection for you that it's a EQ thing I like had stopped I stopped drinking in January so like all sober dates like every single date I go on is is I don't drink um and he had said something like I don't know it just popped out of his mouth one day and he said empathic like he said the word empathic Mm. and so I then sort of was like I don't know what that means and then I actually witnessed it on a date and this guy I think he could tell that I was feeling like a little bit uncomfortable. I was definitely into him, but I was like feeling a little bit awkward or uncomfortable and it was kind of the end of the date. And I like every time something like that happened, I feel like he could sense it. He could sense how I was feeling and that's like, I guess, Mm. a bit empathic. And um, yeah, and he would like do things and say things to make me feel more comfortable. And I find that... Guys that are able to really, um, you can really tell, like, I, when they talk about, like, you know, how they're feeling, it's just so obvious to me when I meet someone that's, like, in touch with that side of themselves. Mm. And uh, they're not afraid. They're, like, they're not afraid of their feelings and they're not afraid and they're not embarrassed and they're not trying to be, like, I've, seen both ends of the spectrum of, like, guys that are just, like, life's amazing, nothing ever goes wrong for me which is like bullshit, I think is bullshit. Like, <laughs> And then there's the other end of the spectrum where they're just like, 
the level of vulnerability that I'm getting is making me really anxious. <laughs> like I've got, I've just had like, I've had some wild experiences, but I guess you go with your gut feel and you, like I started the journey um, basically with therapy and I do spirituality and therapy together. Like I'm really into my spiritual life and um, connection to my body and like energy. So those two things were happening. And at the same time, I also stopped drinking because I guess like the whole journey for me, those three things have been really important. Not going to be important for everyone else, but for me that that was. And so I started, um, like I kind of started getting really vulnerable with the therapist and that was like, he's a man. So that was obviously like different for me. Like I've probably always seen yeah. um, female, female therapists. Well, I remember I spoke to you about that, Hannah, when we were talking about it um, one time. Yeah. That- when you said he, when you were talking about your therapist, I was like, he, I would never, like, I always look for a female and I've just recently changed therapists as well. And my doctor asked me like what I was looking for. And the only thing I said was it's going to be a girl. Yeah. Look, I don't recommend just like some, I think the most important thing with a therapist is someone that you can 100% be vulnerable with and you're not hiding anything from Mm. because that was my experience with him. I just felt really comfortable and I was able to share everything. So I kind of started with him and then like I started to like deepen my relationships with my family and my friends in terms of like getting more vulnerable with them and then they in turn got more vulnerable with me. But there was a moment that um, which I just mentioned this date that I went on. Um, so that really it was like, oh my God, I've got so much work to do. I changed my hinge profile to try to like attract more of these open guys. And I, cause I wanted to practice, like I was like, I have to practice this. So I did it. And this guy, um, immediately we opened up with quite deep personal questions, but a bit of funny stuff as well. And I was like, I was just getting like so anxious, like every deep question that that he asked. Anyway, we ended up meeting up for like a drink and um, it just went deep straight away. Like it was really deep and like all about like the connection. It was just, and I was so attracted to him. Like I just wanted to jump him right there. <laughs> it was just a lot going on. And so Do I- Do you ent- remember what sort of questions he was asking you? Oh, we were getting into stuff like, um, I guess, you know, how do we define success and how we were brought up and, um, mm. you know, hard like situations that we've been through. He was a dad. So he opened up about sort of, it was a lot. We talked about a lot actually in the, it was about, and actually by the three hour mark, I was like, I got to go home and go to bed. I'm exhausted. I was really tired by the end of it. I walked away from that date and I thought, well, the first thought that came to me was like, I would be so lucky to date this guy. Aww. No, I really thought it. And so guess what I did? I totally sabotaged it. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> I 100% like sabotage the whole thing um because do you know what like I what I knew I wasn't ready not to be gross but like because we were sending voice memos all week and it was like he'd ask me quite personal questions and I was just getting diarrhea like I'm not even joking my stomach was like not my stomach could not handle it like my boy I was having such a like visceral physical react like it was just a very like intense reaction to being to being vulnerable anyway so from that point it was like this is something that I really have to work on and I and I I want to be ready that when I meet someone like this that I'm where he's at I just wasn't where he was at 
and I don't think I was what he was looking for. So Fair enough. yeah, I um I ended up after that like I've I wrote like a manifestation list and I highlighted everything that I wanted that I was missing. So like it's all about like that whole attracting like where you're at. Um, like I needed to be the person that I wanted to date. So around, like, I guess this sort of ties back to the manifestation list. Did you feel like Mm -hmm. when you made those updates to your hinge profile, that was sort of a form of that as well? And like, what sort of updates were you making? I'm really interested in this being like a dating app user myself. So with my dating app, I basically created it to like represent like more of And to be honest, it's changed a couple of times. Like as I get better at this, so one of my prompts is a non-negotiable for me is communication. And then Mm. it says open and honest combos are hot. So it's like a bit cheeky, but it's also like that's what I want. Like I don't want surface level chat. And then I find that anyone that likes that prompt I've got a story about a guy that liked that prompt, the open and honest one. Um, he was like the most emotionally available man like I've ever dated. And it was like, it didn't end up working out, but I saw my therapist after and we discussed it. And it was kind of like a magic moment. I was like, I am so sexually attracted to this man's vulnerability. <laughs> like it was just like, what is going on? Like, why am I so attracted to this? Like, like, yeah, he was, he was a bit next level in that sense. But, um, this is so foreign to yeah. me because I am so attracted to people's physicality and I think it's a real problem because, I mean, I can see Ella shaking her head because she knows. <laughs> yeah. I've it's, been there. All of the things that Hannah's saying, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Like I've, I'm, I, I don't want to say the word lucky, but like I've always looked for that stuff in people. Yeah. Like to me, you've got a you can be, you know, you can look like Brad Pitt, but you know what I mean? You have yeah. to like go above that to kind of get me interested. Yeah. So I totally mm. am with you on that, Hannah. And I know that um, Rev's still working through the, <laughs> <Going> through the <laughs> those things. It's interesting because I was exactly the same as you. It was like I would I would look past compatibility issues for like those material things or like physical appearance. Um, Well, I justify it because sex is so important to me in a relationship. So if I don't want to fuck you, like it's not going to work. And then it's, it's like, I'm going off how you look. So the guy, the guy that with the, the one that I just said, the like super, super emotionally open, vulnerable guy, I so for me, like, I, I agree, but like, ha, huh, it was just like, cause we'd, we'd talked for like probably five hours and it had gone really deep. The kiss was next level. Like it was just oh, wow. deep. Like, even though we didn't even know each other, there was like a level of connection there that I, that I don't usually get on a third date. Yeah. And, and I guess that speaks to what, you know, what Hannah was saying before about how like, you she finds that attractive so she wants to rip his clothes off and it's the same same for me yes. like I find all of those qualities so attractive and I've got to like um basically talk to you before I can want to rip your clothes off um because that sort of surface level like attraction is like it's kind of a given I'm like yeah you're gonna have to do more to you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I find that attractive 
My um, therapist, so. my therapist says that um, anyone that you're like physically attracted to, like just have sex with them and get it over and done with. But like building intimacy mm. takes time, and so like yeah. that level of like intimacy will take time. And 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 he actually said like we were talking about like I now like wait like I don't like unless he's like unless you're just gonna like do a one night kind of stand or a two night stand or whatever. But like. For me, it's like now it's more about getting to know someone and building like a connection first and then after that, yeah, that's sort of where my head's at at the moment. But like we're all in different stages. Like you were married and like you're going through exactly. a completely different phase probably where you're like, yeah, I just want to have fun. I think you're right. Like I, I think I do just want to have fun, but it's like sometimes I struggle to admit that to myself. So it's like I'm disconnected in what my expectations are. But anyway, that's a, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know when we were talking on your podcast, like we, you mentioned that you don't say necessarily that you're open to a relationship now, you're open to a connection, right? Yes. So yeah. I feel like for me, I can't even, I think that I'm open to a connection, but I don't think I am because Mm. the way that I behave and the things that I do don't marry up to that. The first step is to get honest with what you want. See, I thought I wanted just casual and I just wanted to be independent and I wanted to sleep in my own bed and I had all of these stories, but like I had to get really honest with myself, which was like, I want a connection with one person at one time. None of this open relationships, none of this casual. I don't want any of that. Like I want one connection at a time with one person. I'm not saying it has to be forever. I'm not saying, but that's truly what I want. And I, it's taken me so long to admit that. Like that's the, I reckon the, once you've got that, then you can like everything else, you can like work. I've been able to work through everything else once I got, because my therapist used to say to me, he's like, I think you want a relationship. And I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) Like I was so in denial. Do you feel like it was your therapist that sort of helped you get to that point? Or was there a lot of other stuff that you did or work on yourself that you did to get to that point? Like what sort of strategies did you employ to start helping you bring the walls down? So yeah, the therapy, look, the Thailand trip was kind of the circuit breaker, I would say. And because I was instantly vulnerable with these women um, and I felt so freaking good. And I also like met this guy in Thailand and I like was sitting at a restaurant and I remember him coming up behind me and like, he's like, can I join you for dinner? And because I was in such an open place because of everything that had been happening, I was just, I left that interaction with him and I just felt so good. And I knew there was something in that. And I guess, so that was sort of the first thing was that Thailand experience and and that, and I guess that really, I've always been pretty spiritual, but that really like supercharged it for me. Um, so mm-hmm. aside from my therapist who also obviously suggested reading and watching Brene Brown. I also like read a lot of spiritual books and like I'm, how would I describe it? It's like getting way more in touch with your body and feeling into mm-hmm. your body. Um, sometimes I, I like, I used to turn up to dates and feel really numb. Um, and so now I like dance before every date and like, I make sure that I'm like very present in my body now. And that really helps me to open up that. as well. Um, I do think as part of the spiritual work, kind of being sober has really deepened the relationship with myself, but also the fact that I don't drink on dates now. And so I have 
to be fully present and there's no shortcut to connection because sometimes I find alcohol is a real shortcut to connection and chemistry and you wake up the next day and Mm. you're like, I'm not that. Or you see them again and you're like, no, like that's not. So I think that has really helped with like um, sharpening my intuition as well. I also like the whole thing with getting honest with yourself um, about firstly getting honest about what you want, but also get honest and reflect on where you're at. As I said, I used to like blame guys a lot. Like as an example, that dad that I went on a date with, like I I was like, it's his fault. I blamed him, but I like later was like, no, you fully sabotaged that. Like, what are you talking about? The other thing is know that it takes time. Like it really does take time to to practice this stuff. Like I genuinely think being open takes practice. And I started with my therapist, then it was my existing relationships, and then it was dating. Um, And then the other thing was like, I started to get really emotionally exhausted by dating and especially dating vulnerable men. They exhausted the shit out of me. (laughs) Every time I got home, I felt like I was having an emotional hangover every morning. I'd wake up. Um, (laughs) Vulnerable men, they're really, really exhausting. Draining. But my therapist said, like, don't give up. Like, don't just delete the apps and say, I'm never dating again. He's like, take a week off or take two weeks off. Come back with like fresh set of eyes. That's been a game changer. I like date and then I take a week off when I feel that I'm emotionally getting drained of energy and then I start Mm. again. The other big tip that my therapist gave me, which I've been practicing is I just don't care anymore if it doesn't work out. Um, Like I've done Mm. so much work on myself that like I know I'm going to be fine no matter what happens. And I think the the guy that was really emotionally intelligent and really sexy and really hot and he ticked like he ticked (laughs) every box. Like I was super disappointed when that didn't work out. But like after a few days, I was like, it's fine. I'm not going to compromise on who I am to make this work. So they're probably like the main things aside from therapy that I've been working on. Yeah, super interesting um, advice there. Like I think the no drinking thing is so interesting Mm. and so important because it's been a little while since I've been dating and that sort of thing, but I would 100% lean on alcohol to get through those things like even you know if the date was going really well I would it would just even drink more because I just want to like lose all my inhibitions and like it's very hopefully it's so so different dating sober (laughs) I remember that how like easy it is to connect with someone when you're drinking but also you're not full I don't think you're fully present in those moments either I've got a story about that that just Mm -hmm. recently like opened my eyes to the effects of alcohol because I, prior to lockdown, had like slept with this guy a couple of times who I thought was okay. And like I saw him again recently and I was sober this time and Mm. it was horrible. Mm. I just was like, how how did I not see this before? And it's true. It's the alcohol. It's the the alcohol impacts you in such a way that it can even like connection alone, which is it's not a technically a physical thing it can even make you think that you know sex with someone is amazing when it's not it's just completely screws your inhibitions I completely like I had the same guy that I had this intense chemistry with and we were drinking and and I I went to Thailand and I got back from Thailand like we'd been drinking on every date not like getting wasted but tipsy and so much chemistry we hadn't had sex went to Thailand got back wasn't drinking after Thailand 
this tech like not nah. <laughs> like it was like it was like <laughs> it went from a hundred to zero because like I actually was like it, because we had fo- we had fake like fake chemistry I reckon like it's it, like that yeah, yeah it wasn't like the real stuff and now it's like for me now to have chemistry and connection and all those things with someone it's like special like that person is going to be special mm. how long would you say that you've been actively dating since you've really been working on your emotional availability or like bringing the walls down? Um, I would say the journey started January 2020 and then I stopped drinking January. So like I've basically been on this journey since then. Um, And then January this year I got like sober, like I stopped drinking and started like mindfully dating, I think would be the right term. Um, And then honestly, it's like the last three, four, five months is just like next level. Yeah, I wouldn't have been comfortable doing this podcast episode if I was like not feeling in a really good place with my dating. Um, Mm. It's just been a fucking game changer, you guys. Like I just, yeah, I can't even believe it. Like I'm actually in shock with how much better dating is now. Like I love hinge now. Like I love it. (laughs) No one Well, I was going to say I've noticed a shift. Yeah. I've noticed a shift in the content that you post Mm. in that time because I've been following you for a while and Mm. it went from screenshots of just all the atrocity on there to now there's actual positivity coming out of um, the stories that you have to share from hinge. So it's it's really uplifting and it's (laughs) giving me a bit of hope. So (laughs) There's definitely hope, but as Sex with Emily, like I genuinely, I saw this Sex with Emily meme and she was like, the best dating advice I can give you or the best dating hack is therapy. Go to therapy. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I agree. Hinge didn't change. Guys are still the same. It's all like, it's just honestly like the mindset that you have and that you go into it. And, And a lot of it's about the guys that you're choosing, honestly. That's such an interesting point because one of my questions was, you know, going to be, are you? do you feel like you're still going for the same type of men? But as you just said, you're kind of like, it's opening up. 100% no. They are the (laughs) actual opposite. (laughs) Which is awesome. That's so good. So given that you're pretty actively dating at the moment and you've mentioned a few different stories of, of where you've gotten quite deep with the people that you've been on dates with, what would you sort of say about the depth of the conversations that you're having with these people? Do you feel like you kind of get below surface level quite quickly or is it a few dates before you start getting deep with them? So this is a really tricky one because vulnerability isn't about like letting it all hang out. It's about, this is, it's like the chicken and the egg with dating because like to be out for me to connect with someone and to form a connection, like I have to reveal something about myself that's real and true. I can't just talk about work, the weather, travel. Like I cannot talk. If, I, if I'm going to connect, we've got to go like a little bit deeper than that. Um, I've gotten to a place right now where I know where my comfort zone is for date one because I've been doing this now and practicing this, like I've made mistakes and I've like opened up too soon or they've been opening up and I've reciprocated and then I felt really uncomfortable afterwards. So I usually mm. like, um, like you, I do think that you've got to reveal something real about yourself and you've got to like connect on some level about something and whether or not, like for me, a lot of what I open up with early on is because it's a safer topic is my like career journey and like the journey that I'm on, not wanting to do nine to five and all that sort of stuff. So that's something real about myself, but it's not going 
too deep below the surface. So I would say like for me, it's probably um, like date one is like that. And like, maybe it sounds like I'm using guys to like practice and maybe I am because I was thinking the other day, I was like, I just want to be like the best version of myself when the guy comes into my life. Like I am waiting, like I've written my manifestation list. He is coming into my life. I feel it. I know it. I'm like really sure of that. Ready for it. I'm waiting for that guy. I don't think you need to feel bad about that because (laughs) I think when it comes to dating, I try and look at it in a lens of like if you were going for a job interview, right? You're not going to necessarily go and interview and take the first role that's offered up to you. Most people will wait for a few offers, weigh them up, go for the best option. So yeah, absolutely. I think dating is exactly the same. And I I know myself, like I'm not settling for anything less than magic. I don't even give a shit if I'm alone, like alone for like the next, like I don't care. Like I really, and then in, but in the meantime, I want to have amazing experiences, beautiful connections that may only be fleeting. And I reckon I'm having like, honestly, like the best dates of my whole life. And like the guy I went for a walk with last weekend, we walked for like three hours or two or three hours. And I didn't, I decided like, oh, there wasn't really enough physical attraction to like see him again, but I had an amazing day. And I think that I wasn't disappointed that I'd wasted my time. I was like, this is another opportunity to like get better at this. I love that. That's awesome. I know we've covered off a fair a fair bit of this already, but what advice um, do you have for women who might um, be going through something similar at the moment um, and resonating with some of these things that you're saying? I actually well, wrote down three questions to ask yourself, but this is if you're like, if you're listening to me and like, I don't know if that's me, like, I don't know if I need help with this. So I had three questions. Does anyone in my life really know like the deepest parts of myself or like parts of myself Um I guess, do I hold on to things that I don't reveal? Have I got like intense fear about like revealing who I am, particularly in like a relationship or like an intimate relationship? And then do I shut down or sabotage people that try to get to know me, all those parts of myself that I'm too afraid to share? And I think that if you answered yes to those three questions, try therapy for sure. Like I can't speak more highly of, I guess, it takes time to find a good therapist, but, and look, it's not for everyone, but for me, that's, yeah, that's been the biggest, actually sent an email to my therapist the other night and I was like, I've never told you this, but like, you've really changed my life. (laughs) Aww. Aww. That's really sweet. I love that. Because I couldn't couldn't get vulnerable in real life, obviously, so I had to send him an email. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You would have been like, this is an important step mm, forward. Good yeah. job, Hannah. <laughs> oh, no, that's super important advice. And I know, um, I certainly know some people listening that would literally be, um, this will be really resonating with them. And they'll be, um, so I really appreciate you being so raw and open and honest with us today, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I feel fine. I don't have diarrhea. <laughs> I don't have diarrhea. <laughs> feel completely fine <laughs> <laughs> that. that was awesome okay. Hannah, thank you so much Alrighty, guys that's all we've got time for today hope you're able to take something away from today's episode as always you can please leave us a rating on itunes if you haven't already share with all your friends and family and thank you for all of your support we will catch you guys next week bye, bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.